This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Flying Solo Podcast, a show for those going it alone in business. I'm your host, Robert Gerrish. Flying Solo is an Australian online community and home to stacks of free resources, discussion forums, professional development tools, and a whole lot more. Find us at flyingsolo.com.au or join us on Facebook. Troy Dean is our guest today. Troy helps people expand their reach via social media, but he's concerned that we don't do it properly. This interview was originally recorded as a live radio segment, hence the listener involvement that pops up from time to time. Thank you very much for joining us. And, and I thought before we dive into the topic um, too strongly, what I'd love to do and what I like to do um, each week when I have a guest is just uh, get, get a bit of a snapshot as to really who you are, how you work, where you work. So if you will, give us a snapshot. How long have you been doing what you do? And give, give us an example of, uh, of a typical day for, for Troy Dean. Sure. Um, so I started, I, I'm a musician and a voiceover artist, and I started building websites uh, I don't know, around about the late 90s, building Flash websites mm-hmm. back in the day. I remember and, those. Um, yeah, don't we all? Just as a hobby, really, just for some mates and some bands I was in and, and uh, my own voiceover career. And, and then um, I kind of just got fascinated with uh, the influence that you can have on the internet and, and the ability to, you know, one thing about being a songwriter is that you can write a song in the morning, you can go to an open mic night that night and get up on stage and play the song and get applause. Hmm. Uh, and get know, instant like, feedback. Correct. Hmm. It's like instant validation. And, and from a performer's point of view, performers crave validation. And from a performer's point of view, it was, I, I, when I discovered the internet, it was like, wow, I can push buttons on my keyboard and my mouse and within like half an hour, I can see a response. I can get kind of, you know, I can get that instant feedback. It's like instant feedback on steroids. Mm. So the, so I guess over the last sort of 10 years, I've just fallen in love with, with marketing and with online marketing particularly. And I guess through my experience as a voiceover artist, being able to apply kind of fundamental communication skills and communication principles to online marketing to get the influence that I want for my own business and for my clients. So... So a typical day for me is I, I um, work with uh, just a select number of clients on online marketing strategy, and that might include designing and developing some websites. Um, and the rest of my time really is taken up with my WordPress plugin business, which is um, where my focus is. Uh, which is a we we make a plugin that allows web developers to show their clients how to use WordPress as a content management system. So it's a bunch of video tutorials that show them how to use. Uh, WordPress. Mm, I'll come back to that in a sec. Let me just pause you for yeah. a second, if I can, Troy. So, where is where's out of interest? Where's music in your life at this stage? Is it still active, or is it um, gone on the back burner a bit? Where does it? What's the balance like there? Well, music is. Um, I don't. I don't play live much these days. I was gigging uh, up until about two years ago. I was gigging around town quite a lot. Music these days is something that 
uh, music is like a, a heartbeat, it's like a pulse for me. I, I um, would, I can't imagine my life without music uh, or without the ability to hear and enjoy and be moved by music. So music now for me is something that I do with a couple of mates. We uh, we get together in a studio, you know, usually once every two or three weeks, and we turn up the amps and we make lots of noise, and it's like <laughs> a it's like a it's like a poker night without the poker. Right, um, that's it. So it's just it's a boys' night really, and and it's great. You know, again, it's the creative process is something that we really enjoy, and being able to create something out of nothing is being able to walk into an empty room, set up some equipment, and, and make and a lot of noise. Later, you know, yeah, be playing some tunes is. Uh, something that we've created, you know, we, we play all original stuff, so to be able to create stuff in a team environment like that is very, very rewarding. And, yeah, and, and music is definitely something that keeps me going and uh, is, is a real joy in my life. That's fantastic. And when you mention um, um, sort of playing around town, town for you is Melbourne, is that right? Correct. Yes, yep. okay. So, I, so I've been working, I had a home office uh, for years and I migrated out of my home office, I kind of, it was pretty, you know, it was about oh, four years ago, uh, I just went into a, a shared office um, that, well, it was an office that a graphic designer occupied, but he was only there three days a week, so I took over it uh, two days a week and I was there. I don't work, I don't do well where there's other people around me. Right. <laughs> I'm, a bit of a con- I'm a bit of a control freak and I'm a bit of a... Um, I'm a bit of a, a a bit of a solopreneur, if you like. I like to have my own space yes. and my own environment. I think there's a number of people listening who feel the same way. So you're among friends, don't worry. Yeah, yeah. It also, unfortunately, the problem with that is it also leads to a lot of cabin fever. You know, where mm-hmm. you just have to get outside and see some people because you go a bit, you go a bit bonkers in your own little box. Um, but now I've got, I've actually got my own office on St Kilda Road in uh, Melbourne, um, down in St Kilda, down down the St Kilda, and, and I live in East St Kilda. So I literally, you know. The last two days, for example, I worked from home just because the weather was really bad in Melbourne. I didn't feel like going outside, so I worked yep. from home. But um, today I'm in the office, and I'm usually in the office three or four days a week. Okay, um, and that's, so that balance obviously works very very nicely for you by the sounds of it. And tell me, with your yeah. um, the WordPress plugin, without going into the, sort of the technicalities of that too much, yeah, what sure. was your, what yeah. was your motivation as a as a as a solo business owner? What, why did you go into developing a product? What's the thinking behind that? Well, two things. Initially, it was a product that, uh, it was something that I, I developed to scratch my own itch. So I was yep. building websites for clients using WordPress. And, you know, of course, the obvious thing is they then ask you how to use WordPress. And I mm-hmm. said, oh, I don't, you know, I don't want to spend all my time training people how to use WordPress. So I, I just wrote a, a Word document with about 100 screenshots and turned it into a PDF and gave that to my client. Right. Um, that was about, six years ago and then a buddy of mine up in Sydney I sent it up to a buddy in Sydney and he said he called me up and he said we should make this into a plugin and we should turn it into videos and we should you know sell it online and I said really I said okay well if you know how to do that I'll, I'll make the videos you make the plugin and we'll, we'll um, see what happens and the thing I learned so originally it was designed to scratch my own itch which I yeah. think is always a great but then what I learned about the product business is um, uh, uh, it's scalable mm-hmm. uh, you can, especially with the internet, you can leverage. You know, I mean, we have, now we have customers all over the world, um, and and you know, I love the, the I love our customers because they give us feedback, and we we you know we just try and make the product as best we can for them. But the thing I love about customers versus client work is client work is extremely time consuming. It takes a lot of energy, and it relies on 
you. It relies on your, the, the actual skill set sure. and the value that relationship. Whereas a product business, you know, doesn't rely on you to actually um, be present or to be to, to have that relationship with the client one on one. You can. Mm. It's definitely Business model. Sure. Now you're dropping out on us a little bit. I don't know if you're walking around the park whilst we're speaking, but um, oh, I keep, sorry, that's I'm, all right. I lose, you're probably you, you sound like a very active man, so you're probably pacing pacing around your office or somewhere. But um, <laughs> okay, that's fine. So look, I, I, that's why I assumed you've been doing that, and um, and it's so interesting to hear you talk like that because so many people um, do sort of trip into those things somewhat accidentally, and as you say. Um, you prepared it initially to scratch your own itch. So, of course, that means it's going to do it very efficiently and effectively and you've got the knowledge and the passion to do it. And then to have somebody come alongside and nudge you and say, hey, Troy, why don't we do something with this? Um, I mean, again, I think such a confirmation that it's important for all of us that are working on our own to share our ideas and uh, because otherwise someone isn't going to come along and nudge you on the shoulder and say, how about this? And I think so often we find in, in the community and flying solo is that somebody speaks up and says, oh, I'm not sure what to do about this. And somebody says, well, you know, what are you actually really good at and what do you enjoy doing? And then wallop, what can so often come out of that is an opportunity. And, um, and it's so good to hear that, um, that that's working well for you. Is it, is it something you're going to move further into? Is the, the notion of creating more plugins or more products, is that now sort of firmly on your radar? Yeah, it is. And um, we, we, we have uh, about three products now, uh, two that we give away for free and one that we is a premium uh, product that we sell. And, and definitely the product business, is the business that we're focusing on uh, long term, um, and you know, products can be—they don't always necessarily have to be software. Uh, you know, products can can take shape in in a number of ways. Mm. Um, you know, we've just started running webinars for uh, for our our customers to help them in their business because the more successful their business is, uh, the more successful our business is. Sure. So. Um, and, and that's been a huge hit. That's been a, that's been a surprise for us uh, as to the, you know, how well that's been received. So, but yeah, definitely the, the, the product business is the business that we're going to be concentrating on long term. Fantastic. And I wonder how long it'll be before you start putting some of your videos to song with um, music background. <laughs> we'll see. So look, let's move let's move over to our topic. So as I as I mentioned in the kind of intro, um, and I just just let me reiterate that um, anybody listening, any questions, any comments at all for Troy please shoot them across to radio at flyingsolo.com.au and um, I'll have a look in my inbox shortly and um, see what we've got in there. And um, so, Troy, moving over towards our topic. So the we were going to, well, we are going to talk today more about this whole issue of, of social media and how not to waste time on social media. And my first thought before we, before we finally sort of get into that is where you must exist um, – with regards to social media in a number of different ways. I mean, there's Troy the musician, there's Troy the voiceover artist, there's, there's Troy the product creator. How do you, how do you spread yourself socially? Uh, well, <clears throat> that's a great question. Um, the, it's about, first of all, it's about understanding what it is you're trying to achieve and I know this sounds like a cliche, but it's about understanding what it is you're trying to achieve and, and who it is you're communicating with. So I'll give you an example. Mm, yeah. My product business my product business doesn't spend any time on Facebook because our customers spend all of their time on Twitter. They don't spend much time on Facebook at all. So mm-hmm. um, I'm, I'm very active on Twitter when it comes to the product business, and I'm very active on Twitter 
when it comes to my own business, um, I spend most of my time in my consulting and coaching business in LinkedIn and Twitter. Again, not much time on Facebook. So, I, okay. I, Can I just I, ask I you there, firstly, how did you determine that most of your product customers are on Twitter but not on Facebook? Well, you know, just by doing, just by listening. And okay. I know that sounds really obvious, but it's the one thing that most people miss is, um, you know, we, we ran some research. Uh, we, we used some tools to run some research. Um, I use Sprout Social quite a lot. Um, and to, to find out where the volume of traffic is around about, uh, you know, around the particular keywords and conversations that we want to have about our business. And, and most of those conversations happening on Twitter and in LinkedIn. Okay, okay. So, you mentioned you mentioned a resource then. Could you just repeat the name again? Yes, yeah, Sprout Social. Sprout Social, um, okay. Yeah, so it's kind of like Sprout Social for me is kind of like a grown-up version of Hootsuite. Some yep. of your listeners might be familiar with Hootsuite. Sprout mm-hmm. Social is a, is a social media dashboard and it, it allows you to post out to mo- uh, multiple social media sites and also monitor social media sites. And it's a really beautiful, intuitive dashboard. It's a really great user interface. So, you know, we just set up some some searches, some custom searches in Sprout Social to monitor the social media space for particular terms and particular phrases. And overwhelmingly, the majority of that uh, uh, conversation is happening on Twitter and in LinkedIn. So, hmm. you know, for me, that's really, you know, so, so this is this is the this is the, the the trap that most people fall into that I see most small business owners falling into is they they see something happen on Facebook. And they th- and they kind of get sucked into this marketing funnel on Facebook, and they mm-hmm. go through this process. And they go, "Wow, that's a great little idea! Um, you know, we should do something like that for right. our business." Yeah. And so, what it's doing is they're kind of mimicking tactics that they see being employed by other companies. But what they're missing is behind all those tactics is a very clear strategy that's being mm, employed. Being played out. Yeah. You know exactly. So. Without the strategy, the tactics are nothing. They're just kind of tactics, and um, and tactics are great. And, and there's never going to be a shortage of tactics. It's actually getting the strategy right to begin with. So, mm. you know, so I, let me, I again, I'll, sorry, I'll just slow you down there for a sec because there's fantastic stuff coming from you. But what I've already learned from you then is one of the key things that you did when it comes to planning. Um, your social media activity is listening really closely, having a look and seeing where do my customers spend their time, which is which of the various uh, media are the, are the ones that they're active on. So that was the first thing you did. You used a very good resource that you've mentioned as well um, to plot that. And then, so what we're moving on to now is strategy. And, and so, yes, your observation here is that whilst a lot of people are active, um, they're sometimes mimicking or doing things without real thinking behind it. So how did you, given that, you know, this is all for all of us, not, not, not I was going to say for you, but for all of us, this is still, this is still new media. I know it's been around for a while, but it's still new. How did you then get to that point where you said, whoa, 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 hang on a minute. Um, I need to step back here and develop my strategy. What sort of triggered that? <laughs> That's a really easy question to answer. Right. Um, uh, uh, too many nights of no sleep trying to work this stuff out. Right. Uh, too, uh, way too much money wasted on 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 stuff that just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, and eventually getting to a point where where uh, you know the 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 the, the idea of the, the definition of madness is doing the same thing over and over again and, and expecting a different result. So eventually right. just getting to a point of saying, hang on, something's not working. We're obviously doing something wrong. 
what is it we're doing wrong? Let's just stop everything and start again. Mm. And what I realised is that um, I plotted out on the whiteboard, you know, everything I know about social media and then looked at it and and it was like, well, they're all tactics. They're all tactics. The one thing I haven't done here is I haven't asked my customer what they want and more importantly, I haven't asked them where they want it. Mm. So, you know... So I was I wasn't doing much on Twitter at all. I was you know back then I was concentrating all my effort on Facebook and selling to, selling business to business. I find and on a broad brush stroke, um, you know Facebook has limited capacity. We find we're getting better results with LinkedIn, Twitter, and maybe a little bit of YouTube because our our business is a video based business. So mm. okay. So you know, uh, it's yeah, it reminds me of that um, wonderful saying, which sounds like such a modern saying, but it isn't. It comes from uh, one of the the great sort of doyens of advertising years ago. He's saying, don't count the people you reach, but reach the people who count. And it's <laughs> it's so easy these days, isn't it? You see so many people get so yep. wound up by, oh, my God, they've got 3,000 Facebook fans. I've only got 1,000. What am I yep. doing wrong? It's like, well, maybe you're yep. not doing anything wrong. Maybe you're just going looking in the wrong place. Now, I've got a couple of questions coming. Like, I can absolutely feel, as I knew you'd be like this, that you've got so many things you're, that are, that are um, kind of coming out of your brain. But I'm going to slay you for a second. Let's just have a look at a couple of questions. So one from Richard sure. um, says... Uh, where do you ultimately drive users from your social activity? Okay, so what he's asking here, and forgive me if some, if any of these questions take us to areas that we haven't yet been to, but um, so what he, his question here is saying, do they come from your shop, as in your presumably your online shop? Do they come from your blog? Do they come from your website? You know, where where are they coming from? Where's the activity coming from? So. Um uh, so, 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 what's the question? Where do we drive social? Well, I guess it's it's where. Do, yes, let me. <laughs> maybe I'm not reading it right. Where do you ultimately drive users from your social activity? Ah, oh, sorry, it's where do you drive them to? I think. Are you yeah. driving them to your so, shop? Are you driving to your blog? Are you driving to your website? Sorry, that's that's just me so not reading. Uh, we we drive them to our website, and there's two things here. We drive them to our website because, first of all, our website is the only asset that we control 100. percent So. You know, it's all very well to set up great lead capture strategies and, and be collecting people's email addresses on Facebook until you wake up one morning and realise that Facebook has moved the goalposts and mm. that strategy's over. And yes. that happens all the time. And, you know, if you play in Facebook's playground, you have to play by their rules and there's no point complaining about it. Yeah. So the, the, the only asset that you can control 100% is your website. So we ultimately drive all of our traffic as much as we possibly can to our website mm-hmm. where we where we actively lead capture. So we, right. we actively collect as many email addresses as we can from hopefully highly targeted traffic to our website. But the second thing I'll say is that, if you know, you have to be careful where you drive people to because if you drive people straight to your shop from social media, depending on how, depending on where they are in the, in the buying cycle and how aware they are of you and how much trust they have with your brand, they'll just bounce. Mm. So you drive a lot of traffic to your site, but they'll just be bouncing. It's, in, in my opinion, it's better to try and drive people to a, a helpful resource on your website, an information page, a training video, a product review, some helpful resource that will mm-hmm. help them answer their question. And while they're on that page, reach out to them and try and collect their email address by offering them you know, a free download in exchange for their email address. Yeah, look, I'd, I couldn't agree with you more. And it's something, obviously, that we we put a a big focus on in our business and we know we don't get it right all the time and but it's so important just to to put yourself in the shoes of your customer and say okay you've read this they're landing here does this make sense and we had a very Correct. 
very interesting guy on last week, Steve Mitchell, and and, and um, he has quite a uh, well, a very refreshing kind of view of uh, of uh, building relationships with customers. And what he does is he very much puts himself in the place of his customers and uh, asks himself the question: What would they want to hear from me? What would they want to yes. see from me? And because there's you don't want to be a nuisance. I've got one guy, I have to tell you, no names, um, in my inbox, in my LinkedIn inbox, um, on my Facebook page. I just cannot wash this guy out of my hair. Try as much as I can. Um, he's, it's, it's the most unbelievable sort of irritation to me now every time I see this particular person's name pop up. It's like, I don't want to hear from you. I'm not interested. Anyway, another question comes in from Tom quickly. Um, what, yeah, this is a bit of a global kind of question. Is a social media presence absolutely necessary, do you think, for all small businesses? No, I don't think it is. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I presented at a small business conference recently and um, Nick Bowditch from Facebook was there mm-hmm. and he was, he was presenting as well and we were hanging out a little bit. Then I got up and did my presentation and one of the first things I said in my presentation was you don't need a Facebook page uh, to, you know, in your small business. Um, a Facebook page, you know, and <laughs> I was looking at Nick up the back of the room saying, sorry, Nick, um, a Facebook page might be helpful, mm. but you don't, you know, it might be helpful to help you achieve what it is you're trying to achieve, but you yeah. don't need a Facebook page. You know, this whole thing about your return on investment for social media is that you'll still have a business in five years. That, in my opinion, that's lazy. It's not correct. Mm. Uh, people, social media gurus or experts that say that, uh, say that because they don't, they can't actually measure return on investment. Yeah. Like, you know, Guy that owns the second-hand Mazda dealership down the road, he's still going to be selling second-hand Mazdas in five years' time, whether he's on Facebook or not. Mm. You know, I don't think you need. I don't think a social media presence is essential for every small business. No. Okay, look, we've had a question in, and this is a good little um, reminder for me from Khalid, who says, "It'd like a little bit more elaboration on strategy versus tactics." So, quite right, too, Khalid. Thank you for nudging me. So, let's get back to that, Troy. Let's go back to the whole the topic of strategy. So, you, as you yeah. said, you um, kind of beat yourself up over some very late nights, and uh, you realise that, hang on, some stuff I'm here, I'm doing here, isn't working. You then started. You listened even more you asked some questions how then you know what else did you do and how did that turn into the strategy that you're using today and how does that sort of manifest today so you know it's uh, I, I attribute a lot of this to some to some of the biggest online marketers in the world that I, i've studied with and learned from and one of the things that i learned is that and this is true about any business the most important asset that a business has is a database of loyal, happy customers. Um, you know, that, that in my mind, that's the most important asset in, in a small business. So online, for us, we didn't know this at the time, but online, that is having a, an email database of people who actually love you and want to hear from you. Mm-hmm. Um, not, not, you know, not people that you just collect their email address, people who actually love what you do and want to hear from you. So what happened is we were collecting email addresses. They weren't very high quality, and we didn't really know what to do with them once we collected them. Right. So, so, we were, so we were very busy, and we had there was lots of activity, but we weren't making any profit. Mm-hmm. And so, so, the, so then what happened is we took a step back and said, okay, um, what, you know, what's the point of what we're doing here? What's the purpose? The purpose is to collect that database of people and then communicate with them and give them something they want and help them and then 
ultimately they will make a decision as to whether or not to pay for one of our solutions. Mm-hmm. So once we had that, once we knew what the goal was that we were trying to achieve, and the, and the goals get more and more specific. So for example, I collect email addresses of web developers who build websites using WordPress for their clients. I'm right. not interested in web developers who use other systems. I just want WordPress web developers. Mm-hmm. And once I know that that's my goal, and particularly I want them in the state because it's a huge market. So once I know that that's my goal, the strategy then becomes designed to achieve that goal. So the strategy looks something like this. Find out where they're hanging out to start with. Yeah. Uh, go and, go and uh, make meaningful contributions to those conversations. Drive those people uh, back to your website. Offer them something of value for free on your website. And we have some. We have these. We spend a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money investing in these ebooks that we have, mm-hmm. which are, you know, such high quality. Uh, we could easily sell these ebooks on Amazon. I have no doubt about that. We give them away for free, and we collect email addresses every day from these high quality ebooks. Right. Then, then once we've attracted their email addresses. Then we nurture them, and when I say nurture them, we don't just blast them with emails. We have conversations with them. We ask them questions. We survey them. We get feedback from them. Um, we we never offer to sell them anything. We never pitch them. Um, our, our software. We never. If we have an event, we might we might offer them tickets to our event, but we never actually promote our plugin or sell our plugin to them. We just have a conversation with them and try and help them as much as we can. Right. Now. Yeah. In, in, in that, there's a whole bunch of tactics that we employ, like, for example, you know, um, getting an opt-in page on your website with the right kind of looking ebook and the right form plugged into your email thing. Mm-hmm. That's a tactic. Yeah. That's a tactic we now know is crucial to our strategy, whereas before, it was just a tactic that we were using, but it wasn't part of a larger strategy. So mm-hmm. there was no integration between that and the other, the other moving parts of the machine. Yeah, and I think the point you raised there about... Um uh, garnering email addresses and then not sure what to do with them. It's um, Again, I hear that so frequently. I, I won't, again, I won't mention a name, but we had a meeting quite recently with a, a large corporate organization and um, through some activity that we did jointly, they ended up with a quite a large database and it sat on someone's desk for, I think, about six months and the new person said, I don't know what to do with this. It's like, well... <laughs> Yeah, you know, that's kind of your problem now. But um, okay, so you've, yeah. you, you've clearly put a lot of thought into exactly who you want to be giving your, who you want to be getting in, a, in the beginnings of a relationship with you. And then what you're saying is you put a lot of thought also into nurturing the relationship, but without going straight into any kind of sales pitch. Um, it's funny. I've, yeah. We've we've recent, we're in the process of um, having a look at um, who serves our newsletters. You know which list server we use, and we've we started um, moving across to a, a new company. And uh, I won't mention any because we haven't really started working with them, and I'm, uh, we haven't tested the service out fully. But it's really interesting to see the relationship they're building with us and the information that they're not over, they've got it just right as well. They're not overloading me but they're giving us good quality information. Again, sounds very much like the strategy that, that you do. So um, just again, just checking myself, going straight back to the topic, don't waste your time on social media. What, you're, what I'm guessing then is the key message here is by not wasting time, you mean don't do anything that doesn't follow some kind of strategic purpose. So here's the thing. This was a big aha moment that I had was... Um, you know, smart goals have been around for years and, you know, they, they cop a lot of criticism and people have been trying to reinvent smart goals and calling them smarter goals. And 
you know, I, the, the reason I love smart goals and I think that there's been a resurgence in smart goals is because what you do online is measurable. Because we can track clicks and we can track open rates and we can measure user behaviour, smart goals are great because we can actually measure what you're doing online. Yeah. So the, the, the big aha moment for me was when I actually wrote out my smart goal and I actually wrote down, you know, did the old-fashioned thing, picked up a pen and a piece of paper and wrote down exactly what I wanted to achieve by when. I'll just get you to and, define smart goal. Just I'm sure everyone yeah, knows, so, but just... So a smart goal is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic or relevant. The R can be kind of interchanged and time bound. Mm -hmm. So my goal, for example, is uh, I want to collect um, 1,500 email addresses of US-based WordPress web developers by the end of June 2013. That's a very smart goal because come the end of June 2013, I can look at my database and I can see if I've collected those email addresses. It's very specific, it's measurable, it's achievable, it's relevant, and it's time-bound. So when I had that goal written out, I I now have that printed out, I have it next to my computer, and if I find myself in social media, which I do, and I find myself getting distracted, which I do because I'm a human being and Mm -hmm. I, I get distracted by all sorts of stuff, if I ever have a moment where I think, what am I doing right now? I look at my smart goal next to my computer and I say, is what I'm doing right now helping me get closer to that or is it distracting me? And a lot of the time, it's distracting me. So I stop, I pull out, I shut the browser down, I reset, I take a breath and I go, right, what do I need to be doing right now to make sure I'm getting closer to achieving that smart goal? Mm, fantastic. everything else is noise. Yeah. And look, and I think it's also probably just, it's worth mentioning this stage that for a number of people working by themselves, Social media, or in this in this part of the conversation, probably more social networking, can be very, very valuable purely as a means of staying supported, um, staying in touch with people, communicating with other people. That may be the strategy, and that's okay, yeah. isn't it? If you don't, if you're not yeah. using it as a marketing yeah. tool, but you're using it purely as a social tool, just to keep yourself in yeah. check and remind yourself, hey, I'm not alone. There's other people around. Then that also, I think, is is totally fine. So, any closing comment for you from you, Troy? Because this has been wonderful, and I and I really appreciate your time. Any closing tip for us? Um, you know, you covered a lot. <laughs> can I just one? Yeah, <laughs> okay. sure. Um, you know, my, I guess my closing comment would be um, get super clear about who it is you served the best and serve them better than anyone else. Mm. Uh, you know, whether it's whether it's in social media, whether it's, you know, offline, whether it's in your interactions with your customers, however you do it, if you are super clear about who it is you serve and you can't serve everyone, so don't even bother trying, if you get super clear and super narrow about who you serve the best and serve them better than anyone else, then every other decision in your business kind of takes care of itself because... You know, that that, that, that that just keeps you true to, to uh, your path and what it is you're trying to achieve. Fantastic. Troy Dean, again, thank you very much for joining us from Melbourne. Have you got better weather today, by the way? A little bit it's brighter, not too I hope. Bad here. Yeah, there's a, there's a little bit of sunshine and blue sky. Good. It's okay. It's good. All right. Well, look, thank you for, for um, certainly shining some sunshine on uh, the Flying Solo community. It's great to have you with us. Uh, if we want to find out more about Troy Dean, the place to go, Troy Dean dot com dot au and um don't be surprised if you're asked to um enter your email address or download a report (laughs) very impressive and it's not been at all intimidating having a voiceover specialist on the show either but um thank you i look forward to listening to your music um one of these days as well so troy dean thank you very much for joining us and that's where we'll leave this show from flying solo i'm robert gerrish and we hope you'll join us next time 
If you're looking to start a business or rejuvenate the one you're in, you'll find heaps of resources at flyingsolo.com.au and a supportive community on our forums and Facebook. Thanks for listening. 